0: As droves of private equity practitioners descended on Berlin earlier this month for super return, what was on their minds? How are GPs and LPs looking to keep pushing through a tough and uncertain market? And what does Kim Kardashian's entry into the venture capital sphere mean for the industry? We'll be discussing all this and more on today's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome to this new episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. My name's Harriet Matthews. I'm funds editor at Merger Market and unquote. And I'm delighted to say that we have two guests for you on this week's episode of the podcast. Joining me are my colleagues Minho and Rachel Lewis, who are going to share with you the insights that they've gleaned about the state of the private equity market from this year's Super Return Conference in Berlin. Rachel and Min, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you,
1: Harriet. It's good to be back.
2: Likewise. <laughs>
0: Good. Um, now, I attended Super Return last year in Berlin, and it felt at that point that the market was a little bit split. There were some people who were business as normal, some, you know, people trying to pretend that nothing was was seriously kind of changing. Then others who were closer to kind of accepting the reality that we were starting to see. I think by IPEM, um, as Min and I discussed in January, the mood had changed quite a bit. So I wonder, Min, sort of comparing January this year, the last kind of big gathering of the, the PE industry, to this one that you've just attended, um, what was the the mood in, in Berlin? How did the atmosphere compare?
2: Generally, I would say that uh, it felt like the atmosphere got slightly moodier, um, much more so than I thought um, uh, since uh, IPEM in January. So, uh, I got sp- speaking to one UK G- uh, GP who said that the market was uh, interesting, which, um, from our understanding of uh, British English
1: <laughs> may <it> not <laughs> have
2: the most positive connotation. Um, another GP from uh, continental Europe was more forthright, uh, confining confiding to me that the mood was anxious. So, um, in IPEM, as you mentioned in January, the impression was that GPs were fairly optimistic on their M&A deal flows, fundraising goals. Um, you know, even, um, when we were talking, um, in private. Um, so, uh, this time around, uh, at least on the investment side, um, and I admit this is an extreme example. Um, I was told that one tech VC wanted to meet with a GP not because he's raising, but looking for liquidity uh, to sell stakes at his business. And the company was previously valued at 20 times revenue, but with growth slowing, the founder admitted that its valuation was overstated by two times. So. Um, private equity people tend to be an optimistic bunch, so it has been quite an interesting event to gauge the mood this time around.
0: Okay. And that, that situation, I know you can't disclose sort of who, who that was, Just but just to clarify, that was a VC saying they were going to sell a stake in their portfolio company?
2: Uh, that's correct, yes.
0: Okay, so a bit of realism kind of creeping in. I don't know how that compares to what you were seeing, um, Rachel.
1: Yeah, I find that really interesting because I wasn't at IPAM, but I I found the mood a bit more buoyant, to be honest. People are still very bearish on H2, don't get me wrong. But I think we've been in this strange market now for probably about a year. And for me, it was almost like people had come to the realization that this is the market we're going to stay in for a while. Inflation and interest rates are going to be quite sticky. And what they've actually now realized is, you know, rather than just moping about the situation, they're actually going to do something about it. And this is why we're now seeing kind of a new phase of portfolio management within private equity and probably the venture capital space as well.
0: Yes, I know you um, You wrote something for Merger Market and Unquote um, sort of on that theme slightly, Rachel. Um, can you kind of expand a bit on that? What were some of the themes coming out around um, how GPs or even LPs are kind of looking to address the market that they're in and, and keep deploying, keep uh, keep making realizations?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a new emphasis on value creation. You know, private equity has always been about in many instances you know grow in the top and bottom line but it seems like now you know you can't you can't rely on multiple expansion. You can't rely on financial engineering. So, if anything, there's more of an emphasis on transforming the companies actually within your portfolio. And that's largely being done on um, organic lines. So, even things like looking at your IT system, your staff count, you know, typical playbooks, but then also from an in- inorganic perspective as well. And I expect we've already seen this come through the pipeline somewhat. But there's a lot of new kind of buy and build plans being put into place, even for companies which are, you know, four or five years into their holding periods to start to try and reconfigure how they can actually drive a decent return when it comes to exit.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess sort of fits into um, the whole kind of story we're seeing around the, the cost of capital, um, mm-hmm. certainly not going down, at least, at least for, for the meantime. And was there anything else that you kind of picked up on um, that you think it's worth flagging, any any indicators about what's to come?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've all got the sense that um, financial services has been consolidating, particularly on the investment advisory side, the investment banks. But now I think we're also looking far into the future, we'll see a lot more of this among asset managers. I mean, we saw one big deal last week, which was um, BlackRock buying Kraos Capital, kind of the credit investor focused on growth companies and debt in Europe, which was obviously a gap which has been left by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. But I think what this is a really interesting example of, which is um, what a lot of large multi-asset managers were saying, is that We all know fundraising's down. So there's a smaller amount of pie to have, but that is going particularly then to fewer people. So in order to have the scale to get the money that you need from LPs, you kind of really need a multi-asset strategy. So that's why we're seeing consolidation um, among specialist funds. I mean, we already saw that last year with kind of the super specialist healthcare asset manager space. But now I think looking forward, we're really going to see a lot more people acquire infrastructure, asset managers, credit, probably secondaries as well. And I think, you know, I don't think we'll see consolidation among your typical buyout private equity funds, but I think particularly along the multi-asset strategies, that is where we will see some more deals in the future. Interesting, because there's not a great rationale for just buying a kind of
0: generalist mid-market European GP. Um, but I guess with these these larger kind of global firms seeing themselves as multi-asset managers, essentially, we, we've had quite a few say on record that they want to be adding secondary capabilities. Um, I think the the question was often, you know, who who will be next to be kind of brought in, particularly on the secondary side. Um, but we've now seen more penetration of GP stakes in that area as well, with Hunter Point Capital acquiring a stake in, in Collar. Very interesting. And in the positive sense, unlike the, <laughs> the English sense Min mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, Min, do you, it's, it, does that kind of line up with, with the impression you were getting? Anything else you'd, you'd add in terms of themes?
2: No, I uh, generally agree. Um, I spoke to quite a few um, GPs and um, it seems like, for example, bolt on acquisitions are, are, has always been an important theme for um GPs to grow their portfolio companies, but um, definitely hearing a lot, a lot more of that and not relying on uh, multiple expansion as was previous um, and perhaps less uh, adjustments uh, on EBITDA, especially when it comes to the sale.
0: People are yeah certainly changing the the way they might present some of these sale processes, I guess, to, to make sure they kind of get, get over the line once they're in the market. I want to ask a bit about fundraising as well um obviously it's uh it's a challenging market i don't think i need to tell our, our listeners that um but what were you kind of hearing around around that minute at super return uh
2: well yes uh exactly i mean fundraising is difficult um lps are pulling back and being extra cautious and perhaps um an obvious statement, but, uh, this was emphasized to me, um, more so than, um, previous, you cannot be a plain vanilla GP, um, especially now when it's much harder to, uh, raise funds, um, as was, um, compared to previous when interest rates were low. Um, yeah, so I got speaking to a few GPs who privately admitted that they were struggling to fundraise. I didn't hear much of that uh, uh, back in January in IPEM. Um, And um, obviously, some GPs now have to resort to cutting some of their uh, fundraising target or stretching out their fundraising uh, timeline. Guess, um, Astorg, uh, uh, we've just written about their fundraising target being cut to 4.5 billion from 6.5 billion and um, we obviously have a uh, very much longer list of other GPs uh, which are struggling um, uh, in the kind of current um, environment Um, and uh, one of the uh, most effective perhaps are emerging funds um, who doesn't necessarily have a strong track record uh, at the moment although uh, interestingly enough um, I spoke I did speak to an emerging um, uh, fund manager, and they're trying to be more creative in terms of their fundraising. So going to more Asian or Middle Eastern GPS that are less uh, affected by the, the denominator effect, um, you know. And uh, as as one of that person said, um, they don't have to die, live and die by certain percentage allocations. Yeah, so, I think someone
1: said there's something like eight or nine sovereign wealth funds kind of in the uae alone yeah right now which is quite big so what i did find interesting on fundraising actually is um who who was who had a big presence at super return and i find um carlisle's attendance quite interesting there was um They've had quite well-documented problems with their latest, latest flagship fund. And they recently brought in the new CEO, Harvey Schwartz, and they kind of really pulled out all the stops. So they had a very um, kind of convivial, jokey conversation between David Rubinstein and Harvey Schwartz about like his upbringing, his hobbies. Apparently, he really likes to meditate every day. And I think that was an interesting introduction of the new Carlisle CEO into the market and among the people that matters but then uh, we also can't really forget to talk about kim kardashian which is um <laughs> who they'd managed to pull out as the big keynote speaker as well
0: yeah i think that's we know full well that's why our listeners have tuned into this podcast
1: She was interviewed by david rubinstein alongside her her co-founder at sky partners who is ex-carlisle himself so you could see you know i think it was a great pr spin for them they'd they'd done really well to pull that and you know, really raised their profile at, at Super Return this year.
0: Yeah, because I suppose having a significant presence at these industry events is is as much a, about that um, as it is about you know kind of uh, getting those new LP relationships and, and sourcing deals
1: as well. What did you think to Kim Kardashian?
2: Uh, I didn't get her selfie, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I missed out. Mm.
0: Well um you know any any tidbits on uh, sort of what her entry into the VC market means for for Europe I don't know if we can make a No she <laughs>
1: did actually she did actually say that um so the the fund is US focused for now. They are within a couple of months of signing their first deals which is interesting because again we all no secret we all know the consumer market is not in a great space but if you have the brand profile of kim kardashian that naturally reaches alpha in its in and of itself you know you don't need to go out and and generate and and put in all of this work because you have the brand name attached to it um so yeah her she was she was very good at speaking about the vision of the fund and how she wants to partner with you know very strong founder driven consumer business primary deals and see where she can take them and you know, let's see. It's, a, it's an interesting time for funds like that.
0: Yeah, I think um, the, the theme of quite a lot of, of what you've both been observing about Super Return is around kind of market participants having a bit of a kind of, um, maybe a kind of wait and see attitude. So they are under pressure to act but ultimately a lot of them will be waiting you know, to see what what the market brings, what they can do. Even those that are struggling with fundraising may have to call things off a bit earlier um, or at a slightly lower volume than they intended. You know, private equity people are ambitious and those firms will be thinking, right, we've got this fundraise done now. What are we going to do with the next one? It's always about kind of looking Mm -hmm. forward and and seeing where things will go in spite of the challenges that they're they're facing.
1: Yeah, I I think that was a, a big thing, you know, again to come back to the realization point people have just start to like that they're going to have to get on with deploying and they've started to realize that so another big theme was um public to privates uh which in the large cap space is still a little bit difficult because of the debt financing but there's a huge dislocation when you look at a lot of the indexes between The the valuations of the companies at the top and those in the middle at the bottom. And that's where we're seeing a lot of activity and where we will continue to see a lot of activity is yeah, a lot of the publicly listed mid cap stocks are quite undervalued. And that's a really good chance for private equity to come in at a valuation that's comfortable with that they're at because we don't really see this in private markets either at the moment and make the value creation that we were thinking of. So, yeah, public to privates. Carve-outs was a big theme and growth and minority deals as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, maybe I can ask you
0: both to do um, a bit of what we often ask the people in the market we speak with to do, kind of a bit of a crystal, crystal ball gazing moment for the second half of the year and, and into 2024, um, thinking of where the market's at now. Um, Min, did you get a sense of you know, what you're expecting or what uh, the people you spoke to are expecting to happen? Any, any predictions?
2: I think people generally were putting on a brave face, and um, with the expectation perhaps that uh, things will improve by the second half of this year, which has just begun, um, and 2024. But um, again, um, I believe my uh, previous uh, prediction um, from IPEM, um um, wasn't too inaccurate. Um, people, were, again, were very positive about the uh, second half of this year, but uh, that doesn't seem to have been um, born, um, for my impression, anyways. Um, but we'll see. I, perhaps uh, you know interest rates will have um, found a new um, environment and people will be used to... Um, Um, uh, perhaps a valuation um, adjustment um, between buyers and sellers. Um, Yeah, so it will be a very
1: interesting environment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rachel, anything to add to that?
1: I hate this question, even though Mm -hmm. I ask people it all the time. I think exits as a whole will largely stay about the same levels. Min mentioned the buyer-seller price expectation gap. I don't think that's going to disappear Overnight, um, but you know, again, we're still seeing creative ways to get around that problem. Uh, you know, co-investments, reinvesting back in your own company when when you exit. But I think we will probably see a pickup in deployment because if you want to go out fundraising in the next couple of years, you're going to have to show your LPs that you're. Putting some of your money to good use starting about now they you know you can't just I think there's like 1.3 trillion dry powder in the market which is an absolutely insane amount of money and yeah lps won't want you to sit on it so pick up in deployment but exits around about the same and who knows with fundraising
0: no we'll have to we'll have to see but um yeah, I, I suppose this kind of circles back to what people are always saying about these current vintages. And that was confirmed again um in Collar Capital's recent summer twenty twenty-three barometer, um, where the, you know, pretty significant majority of LPs have pretty high hopes for twenty twenty-four fund vintages, slightly less so on twenty twenty-three, but certainly, you know, deals that are being perhaps prepared to be brought to market now that will materialize in twenty-four. Those should be the ones that the kind of best performing funds are going to go for. That's the, the theory, anyway. Um, but as you've both pointed out, there are still obstacles to, to getting deals done. Um, and people are going to have to get creative so that LPs can keep committing to their fundraisers and getting those distributions.
1: And I think by next year, vendors will have slightly come to terms a little bit more with that price gap. There'll be a few more rush sales you know looking back on old vintages so yeah i could see see some improvement for 2024 and i i do think it will be a good vintage um but let's see
0: well thank you both of you for answering one of your least uh, least liked questions um and uh, i think we'll we'll wrap things up there and thank you to you as well listener for tuning in If you like the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you again in the next episode.